Hi, I'm Stuart Bowes. Welcome to the Net Hero Podcast. If you've not listened, where have you been? Come on, get involved. We talk about all things energy, sustainability, and of course, net zero. We're here to talk about business and what it can do to make the planet better. We're here to talk about science. We're here to talk about you. So if you'd like to be involved, then do drop us a line. Listen in, tell your friends, tell your business partners, subscribe. And for all your news around net zero, follow us on futurenetzero.com. Now, on to this week's episode. Hello, welcome to the Net Hero Podcast. I'm Sumit Bose. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for getting involved. We want more of you listening. We want more of you downloading. And of course, we want you to take part. Now, one of the things we've been looking at over the last, probably, I think, probably last year or so, is the whole idea of natural capital. Now, you may have heard this phrase. What is natural capital? It's the using the planet, using the planet's resources. And one of the things that we can do in to help us in our net zero journey is try and balance out the destructive behavior we've done. One of the major ways we can do that is obviously with trees. And people know all about uh, the term deforestation, where we go in and we chop down trees. Well, there's also a term that's growing in popularity and there are more businesses doing it called reforestation. And today I'm going to talk to a company that's doing that. So I'm delighted to say I'm joined on the podcast today by Adrian Baget. I hope I got that right, Adrian, from uh, Morpho. Is that right? Yes, exactly. exactly. What does Morpho yeah. mean? More Metamorphosis? Or more forest. <laughs> <laughs> nice try, nice try. <laughs> no, actually, Morpho is a is a butterfly from French Guiana uh, with like blue eyes, uh, very like very specific. Uh -huh. And if you switch, usually it's written like P H O. Right. If you switch with an F, it also does more forest. <laughs> so <laughs> and if you go on our website, it's like Morpho.rest. <laughs> So basic, basic stuff. Now let's just start a little bit about you. So you're not an, uh, you're not a botanist. You're not a kind of from an agriculture. You're a business person, right? E exactly, exactly. Okay. Business person. So and you started with a business in in sort of sustainable packaging. You're saying before we started on it. Just before we talk about what Morpho does, where did this interest in sustainability come from in the first place? I think it's very simple. I was. I remember I was students at that time, and I was just okay. I'm. I'm not. I'm. I'm gonna have to work at some point, you know. <laughs> we all have to, unfortunately. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> twelve, uh, ten to twelve hours per day uh, during most of my time working, and I, I'm not gonna do something in which I, I cannot believe. And uh, okay. and I was like, okay, sustainability. It's very, very broad, but uh, in this, I can maybe do uh, something. So this is why I just started and say I'm. I'm gonna dedicate my work to try to do something uh, something better. Have you come from that sort of ba family background or what was the influence or you just interested in the in, in sort of the environment as a kid? I, I don't know because I never did my own uh, psychoanalysis. <laughs> psychoanalysis <laughs> but... <laughs> you get that on this podcast as well. It's thrown in. Tell I'm me surprised. more. <laughs> I'm surprised. <laughs> I wasn't prepared. But uh, no, no, but I, I think two things. I, I come from the countryside. Right. So when you live in the countryside, you're... You are like closer to nature, so you really yeah. see the impact and the evolution of it. And I saw it by with my own eyes, you know. I saw, for instance, insects disappear. Mm. I mean, something that um, moves you. And and I think my family, all from my family, doc is doctors are doctors. Right. So I, I think also it's a way of thinking that is far from business in the end, you know. Yeah, more altruistic. Depends yeah. from the country, but <laughs> yeah, in France, 
it's far from business. <laughs> yeah, of course. Now you are French, and obviously, uh, you know, France has been trying to do ver- a variety of things, slightly different to what we're doing in the UK. When you through the idea of creating this company, um, did you find lots of interest in it? Did you find resistance? What What was the kind of idea when you said, you know, I'm going to start a company that does some sort of reforestation? Actually, I think, uh, and I think my, my business partner will completely agree with me, that France is a very good environment right now uh, right. To, cre- to create a company, a deep tech company, because uh, we are a deep, deep tech company in the end, and a very innovative company, because you have like a state that is really pushing it. You have uh, an environment of people that are open to it. You have uh, VC funds uh, that are also uh, looking for that kind of um, of new project. So even though the project is a bit crazy and, uh, and uh, well, <laughs> we're going to explore that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, super crazy. <laughs> Everyone like believe in it, uh, and we have a very good environment. So I think yeah, no, it's a good point for France. It's it's interesting because obviously the the UK government has set its target same same as France has set its target, but there has been issues around kind of the direction we're going here, and also there's been issues about getting funding. But you say you you found the business market when you said I'm going to do a green project, a green company. There there was an open mind in France. Was there this, there was an encouragement for you guys? I think completely. Uh, also oh. also we had a good timing. Because we had a timing in, in which like everyone was like, okay, no, we need green business. <laughs> and we were one of the, like, not one of the first because there's super big business, green business before us, but maybe like still not, not that many. So everyone was looking at it. And I think also the, like the VC fund, the VC fund crisis also helped yeah. a little bit on this because you go from like everyone looking at tech and SaaS business and, and now you are like, oh no, we, we need to find the climate business. Uh, what is a climate business, you know? So I think we, are, we have a good environment uh, for this and France is pushing a lot uh, for this. So, I mean, I don't know for every country, but uh, at least here, it's very favorable. So let's explain what MoFo does. So the idea, if I've got this right, is that you're offering a reforestation type of service. Can you explain why you're doing it, first of all, and also where you're doing it? Because you're not doing it in France, are you? So we are, we are still doing it in France, but in French Guiana. So it's very specific. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, uh, so technically speaking, it's France. Technically speaking, it's uh, France. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh, but in fact, in fact. So, so just to quickly say why. Um, so when we started the business, it was one of my business partners who, who like, saw the need. Uh, we realized that, okay, we have a very important need for restoration. Yeah, and reforestation all over the world, yeah. and we have like up to 1.9 billion of hectares that are available for restoration. And um, according to the um, according to the scientists and the, the UN, um, like reforestation could be one uh, big part of the solution uh, in order to fight climate change and to might mitigate its its effects. Uh, but we were like, okay, so no, 99% of all uh, the, the restoration project are planting by hand. Uh, with seedlings, with a crucial lack of biodiversity uh, when it's not yeah. another species. Yeah, that's and true. No monitoring, no transparency. So we were like, we cannot scale this. We don't have transparency. And the cost is not well um, uh, spread uh, during all the phases of the project because like most of the budget is focused on the planting part, which is like in terms of timing, just a tiny part of a project. So we were like, okay, we have this need that is big like that, but we have no tool to do it. 
and no innovation. So you, you see that there is a huge problem. So this is why we decided to launch our solution uh, to really allow uh, to uh, increase the volume of uh, knowledge, scientific knowledge about restoration, about plants, about trees, to be able to restore them. Because if you don't know trees, how can you plant them? If you don't know plant, how can you plant them? And it's very difficult when you talk about when you talk about biodiversity, because there is a lot of interactions that we don't really understand yet. Of course. The second aspect is that we need tools to get to the scale. So this is why we brought uh, the idea of drones, the idea of cell encapsulations to really increase the scale, but also to increase the biodiversity. Because with this that kind of tool, you don't only need to plant trees. You can plant every plant that is necessary to restore an ecosystem. So you have a way more holistic approach because you change the, to the tools that you use and the economic value uh, of what you are planting. That's the reason you're on the podcast. I just thought this was bonkers. So let's, let's get to the crux of what's going on here for the, for the, for the listeners. You're using drones flying yeah. over and yeah. dropping seeds like little bombs, little green bombs yeah. over land that was once either forested or arable land. T explain what, what, what you're doing and how do the drones do it? Because my question is, who's flying them, B, around the trees, and, and how do you release them? So, so, so basically, we have like four steps in the way we are doing our, our restoration project. So we have an area that has been degraded. We only do reforestation. So it was a forest before or right. an ecosystem before. Cool. So it's not, our, it's not our agricultural land. It's always forest that was taken down. Yeah, exactly. It, it can be a very highly degraded lands, uh, agricultural lands that are not used anymore, that were forest before, that we restore. So could be. But if it's arable land, we don't touch because we don't want to uh, go into competitions with uh, some lands that could like feed people because this would be a catastrophe. Um, so the idea is that first thing, we, we completely analyze and scan the area that we need to restore. So there we use drone imagery, uh, drone data, but also on-site data. The idea is to understand the area, to segment, because from one square meter to the other square meter, you're not going to find the same conditions, okay? I'm not going to go too much into details, but you're not going to find the same <laughs> okay, conditions. Right. So you cannot plant exactly the same mix and the same density. Right. From this and this analysis, we are developing uh, planting patterns that are very accurate because we cross the data on-site with a catalog of species, of native species that we analyze. So we have laboratories, actually. I am in my laboratory right now. <laughs> and we have laboratory in which we are studying the species. And we have a lot of uh, scientific partners in France, but also in Brazil, that are helping us to better understand the ecosystem and the species. Basically, if you want an example, I take like one plant. I need to understand if this plant is going to grow, if the soil is compacted, highly compacted, not compacted, wow. if the soil is polluted, if it's poor, not poor, if we put this bacteria, this mushroom, this fungi. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. So we develop data, we cross the data with on-site data, we create planting patterns that are accurate. The idea is to say, okay, we want to plant 80 species, but how are you going to plant them? Okay, you need to reproduce what nature is making, but by the analysis. Wow. When we have this, we plant with the drones. So here we come with the drone space. So <laughs> we encapsulate the seeds. Right. So we treat the seeds, we encapsulate them. So we have developed some big machines that we are capable of deploying everywhere. Uh, everywhere we need because we work in very remote uh, area usually. i was gonna say not always but often and and so we encapsulate so it's like industrial huh? because we are doing thousands and thousands of capsules in a, just, just a few hours few days and after this we have our drones that we are like we are uh, putting the capsules in the drones and the drones are automatically 
automatically flying according to the planting patterns that we have created to plant in the area that we need to restore. So do the drones drop them or do they actually have something that pushes the seeds into the ground? No, so they drop them. They drop them um, because uh, the reason is, uh, is because like in most of the case you don't like because you have the capsules it makes the connections with the ground so you don't uh, necessarily use to plant it right. and the other aspect yes is because you cannot control it's very difficult to control like the level of compaction of the soil and the the height at which you're going to drop so the effect that it's going to have on the seed so if you just shoot it can destroy the seed and can destroy the, the seedlings understood so this, some people would say, well, look, that's great. And, and I, I love the science. You know, you analyze, you go and say, right, this plant needs this much distance or whatever, and we're going to plant them. All of that I get. The criticism I think I would find is that you're dropping them, right? Yeah. But how's, you must have a lot of wastage for a start. Also, animals must pick them up and eat them. And what about, you know, the, the more traditional way, which is people take seeds, they plant them, and then you know that they're covered in and treated how do you ensure that your i mean i don't know what your rate of kind of uh you know expediency of growth is because for every kind of 10 seeds you drop do you, how many do you get yeah it's a it's a very very good question so uh, there's many answer in because <laughs> in what you yeah. say but one first thing is that the capsules we have created is made to protect the seeds and the seedlings during the first stage of growth. Right. So you talked about the animals, but this capsule is made to protect from the animals or from the insect. Uh, it's also made to give nutrients and water resources during the first stage of growth. And we have already triggered the germination of the seeds that are in the capsule. So ah, the okay. idea is to say, okay, we control this process. Of course, there is some waste. Of course, there is some waste yeah. because I cannot say and no one will say that a restoration project will work 100% because we are talking about nature. But the idea, of course, seeds is the most important thing when you are talking about a restoration project. So you don't want to waste seeds. It's, it's crucial not to waste seeds. Absolutely. So very important and very important for the scale. Uh, nowadays, like with our capsules, to give you an idea, in controlled situation, we have up to 80% of germination rates, which is very very high yeah um, that's very high yeah and in terms of the ones that you know the capsule what, what's it made of i assume it's some sort of biodegradable material is it it's fully biodegradable materials because it's going to be spread you know in the land so you need something that is very like highly natural uh so combination can um, you have some variations uh according to the project on which we have and the conditions that we have because if we plant in for instance in the amazonian forest where you have like a very high level of uh, of water resources you're not going to need exactly the same composition as if you are working for instance in Caatinga that is a sort of savanna in a, in Brazil uh, where you have like uh, conditions or water resources that are a little bit different you know um, but this is really the idea and to answer the last part like if you compare to other methodologies the idea of what we do is not to say okay we want to replace everything that is has been no, done I understand. so far I understand. the idea yeah. is to say okay we like the level of frustration in the world is like one, you know, we have to go up to 10. Who's going to do the nine, you know? So you're, you're, let's talk about some of the advantage then. Um, and thanks for explaining the, the, the bits that I thought would, would be kind of um, detrimental to it. You can, I assume, cover much bigger distances and areas with a drone than you can by hand. You can go, as you say, to places that are less accessible. Um, but what about the monitoring of this? Or do you just leave it to nature? Like, it's just like, 
birds dropping seeds after they're you're just going, let's just go cover the area and just see what nature does. Thanks. I was going to talk about it. That's perfect. So yes, in fact, after we have planted, so first thing about the planting, we are not necessarily planting in one time. We can plant in multiple times to reproduce what would do nature with what we call ecological succession. But because trees are not all coming at the, in the first row. Of no, course, yes. Yeah. So we, we can do this because we decrease the, the operational cost. So for the same budget, we are able to do better. And this is very good for biodiversity. But, and the last thing that is very important is monitoring. Because the idea is to say, okay, I have analyzed, I have planted, planted yeah. many times, yeah. but if I don't monitor, oh, I'm going to be able to show what I have Correct. done and oh, I'm going to be able to understand what I have done. Because I, I was saying this uh, uh, just before, like no project can be 100% successful. This is not true. So you need to understand, okay, why this is working, this is not working. Basic basis of feedback, you know? But feedback with nature and reforestation is, is more challenging than everything, you know? And so this is the idea. So we are monitoring uh, using, using like combining drone data, drone imagery, some satellite imagery and on-site data to be able to monitor three main things, uh, biomass and rate of success, etc., uh, biodiversity and including invasive species, etc., and uh, of course, carbon stocks. And the idea is to say, okay, why it's working, why it's not working. And all this, we are displaying it in an online dashboard so basically, when you are, our clients get this online dashboard where they are able to follow since the very beginning of the analysis up to the plantation to the monitoring. And we bring a lot of science in it. For instance, I'm going to just give you a short example. We are developing predictive model to be able to analyze according to different uh, scenarios of uh, climate change. You know, um, what's going to be the evolution uh, of the trees repartition of some species repartitions on lands. Uh, with the different scenarios so you see that some species like the size of yeah of their yeah. of their you know the area where they are is, is like getting like super small some others are expanding and the idea is to say okay we are not only going to plant something that's going to work today a native ecosystem that's going to work today but a native ecosystem that in one century is still going to be here you know because the forest is not about one year two years three years it's no, about of like centuries this um I mean, the whole kind of bringing the science into it is, is, is really interesting. When you started this, which I don't think is that long ago, is it? How, how long ago did you start this? A little bit less than uh, three years ago. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I think people would be saying, right, forests take a minimum of five to 10 years to, to get to some sort of level. So in three years, and I don't need specific numbers, but can you see what you're doing is making a difference and can you see that it's a bit more efficient than the old-fashioned way or is it the same no that's a super well it's a very good thing because in fact when we created the company we were like ay yeah yeah we are in business timing and we are working on nature this is gonna be <laughs> business timing is three tricky. to five years and that's it <laughs> for it's a it's 20 <laughs> yeah it's gonna be super tricky but but that's a good challenge that's a very good challenge actually we are really deep tech for this you know because it takes a lot of time we need and it's going to take, I'm always saying, I'm, I'm not going to tell you it's, it works super well okay. until 10 years, 15 years. But still, we already have like very good results, particularly on, a, on the highly degraded sites in French Guiana, uh, where like our, our technology brought, the main stuff that our technology brought is like a good focus on the soil and the soil restoration, way more biodiversity in the restoration that has been done. And uh, we for monitoring tool, a lot of transparency, you know, we facilitate communications between stakeholders and the follow-up which 
really helps. Uh, in Brazil, we are working in uh, ex-pasture land or ex-agricultural lands. Yeah. And uh, there again, uh, we have good results. And I think the main the main thing is that we are able really to plant in a diversified way, you know, and in a smart way because we had, and this changed a lot. This changed a lot, a lot of things in comparison to normal uh, practice. To be completely honest, uh, we still have like a lot of progress to do. I mean, the solution is good. We have yeah. a lot of clients. I mean, three years is not that long. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our forest will be crazy in uh, in ten years. So, but still, <laughs> I, I, I can show results. I can show results. I have like projects that are that are quite emblematic, and it's very encouraging. I mean, I mean, it's already. Um, we are very proud of what, what we have been doing so far. It's very impressive. But we still have a lot of things to do, of course. Why are you working in the tropics? Is it just because of that's obviously where you get a lot more biomass and we've also sadly been de- destroying a lot of it. Is, is that the reason? Yeah, I think that it's, it's, uh, it's, of course, it's one of the reasons. Uh, there's also other reasons. Like all my business partners are coming from French Guiana. We already have like this connection, you know. Yeah. Uh, the, other, the other reason is that, um, for instance, in countries like Brazil, the, the, the volume of lands is massive yeah so you have like 50 millions of hectares of land that you can restore if you compare to france or to uh, uh uk it's, of course it's nothing you know yeah it's understood yeah 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 you get a bit of ba- bigger bang for your buck you're saying that's basically I, I, I get that let's go through some quick things before we end so you're a business and we always love to have people who are doing businesses not just for the good of the planet so how are you making your money what are your clients what who, who who's actually sort of paying you to do this Yes, so we are basically a reforestation as a service uh, business model. So we are working for a large panel of clients uh, that are in need of restoration and are not able to do it because they don't know how to do it, as they are not able to scale. They don't have like the supply chain, the technology, the knowledge, monitoring, etc. To give you like a few examples of clients, to be very concrete, uh, we are working for uh, mining industry, carbon project developers, very large corporates, governments, etc., uh, etc. Et and uh, basically everyone uh, who wants to, to conduct a restoration project. And we say that, okay, you manage the finance, you manage the development of the project. Us, we are the technical guys, we are the science guys. We are a science, a science-based company, nature-based company, yeah. techno-based company. And that's, that's the idea. What do the local people think about it? The farmers, the people of the villages who live in it? Because that's another thing. Because yeah. it's their land or they use that land. And I'm sure they want to see it encouraged back. But, you know, there's always a balance to it. The reason the forestry happens is because it feeds people. And, and they, yeah. that's why they do it. So how do your projects go down with local people? Uh, I was using a little bit before the, the term holistic. Yeah. So we have an holistic approach from a natural perspective, but this obviously includes the people, you know, because if you if you plant forest and ecosystem and you don't consider the people that are living around, uh, you are completely wrong because Correct. they're going to destroy yeah. everything because it's not useful for them. So, of course, when we do your, our project to integrate people, how do we do this? One thing is that we are working in close collaboration with the people who are hiring us to develop the project to help them integrate the people. Okay, because this is not directly our role, but we have also an expertise on this. And us, how do we do in our supply chain, in our own business, in uh, the seed supply chain? Basically, to restore uh-huh. at scale, you need seed at scale, native seed at scale. Who is going to manage the supply chain of, ski- of seed? It's the people, the people who are living there. And it's a good way to valorize them, to yes. bring more revenue, to integrate them and to valorize the forest that is already existing. So it's not only about reforestation. It's about also avoiding 
deforestation and valorizing existing forest. And it's the way we are integrating people. We are developing this a lot, a lot uh, in Brazil. Uh, and we all already have like hundreds of people indirectly working for us. Uh, but this, this is more for the future. Uh, but this is all we do. One of the last things, and I, again, we mentioned it before we started, is that the whole offsetting thing is big yep. business. And I've got a funny view about offsetting. I think sometimes it is right and, and it can be done. If it's done well, it, it's good. But there's a huge bunch of greenwashing where people go, I'm going to pollute, but I'm going to pay someone, stick a few trees in there. You're not setting up to be an offsetting company, are you? So no, we are we are working for offsetting company. Uh, so we are developing the project for them. Right. But our vision on this is very simple, is to say, we need to restore our ecosystem. So we need financing for this. We need funding for this. And, and where is going to come from? Where the funding is, is going to come from? Of course, large corporates. So at some point, we need to find a good equilibrium, okay? So we need to reduce the level of greenwashing to go... But we need the money, yeah, of course. But you need the money to do it in the first place. Yeah, but in front of this, you need good projects. Mm. You need projects that are transparent, that are responsible, that valorize people, biodiversity. So we were like all responsibilities to bring the best projects, you know? And, and this is what we are doing and that this is what we are working on. Where do you hope this will go? I know you've had a bit of funding as well, which is great. And, you know, like you said, yeah. it's early days. What's your hope? Are you thinking of more countries to do it? Are you thinking of just trying to just show the progression with a couple of sites in sort of five years' time? I think there's like three main elements. One element is that we have the ambition of restoring by uh, the end of this decade up to one million of hectares, which is wow. like a lot and nothing in the same time. Uh, but we also have like through this, it, it will be like... We will be scaling, you know, at that point. So it's, it will be very positive. The second thing is that we really have the ambition of being one of the best research centers uh, in the world on tropical, subtropical restoration uh, with all the impacts that can create and all the value, the scientific values that can create for everyone. Uh, and the last one is to be able to employ up to 10,000 people uh, by the end of this decade. People will be mainly working in the supply chain um, um, part and would be like people on the ground, you know, to really bring more value, social value to protect the forest uh, and not only uh, restore it, you know. And this is really the ambition we have. And all this is also to say to many other people, come with us, you know, yeah. because this market is not, uh, we not take it all. This market is for everyone. We absolutely <laughs> need to restore. So we need to encourage that kind of uh, behavior. And we, we want to say to people, it, it's possible. It's difficult, but it's it's possible. You can do it, and we need business to do it. So come on. Allez le vert. Is that right then? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well done, well done. <laughs> do you know what? I wish you all the luck. We'll re I think it's Thanks a great you. podcast. It's a great story what you're doing. It's a mixture of science with kind of the, the real thing, which is, you know, trying to, as I said at the beginning, build on natural capital and restore some of that. So uh, I wish you all the best with it. Bon chance, as they say. <laughs> Thanks for joining you, us on the podcast. If you'd like to know more, then have a look at uh, the site Mofo, and then you You'll see what they're doing. It's a really good project. Subscribe. We'll catch you soon for the next edition of the Net Hero Podcast. You've been listening to the Net Hero Podcast with Summit Bose from Future Net Zero. Visit our platform for all things Net Zero. And if you or your business is doing great things on the path to Net Zero and want to be featured on the podcast, email nethero at futurenetzero.com. Follow us on social media. FutureNetZero.com, 
Better business, better planet.